This podcast should not be considered as medical or legal advice. If you are looking for such advice, then do contact a professional. But please find someone that has a brain and can think critically about what's going on in the world today. This is the Collective Resistance Podcast with your hosts, Leo and Fabiola. We will be discussing why we find ourselves resisting the narratives of the common collective, as well as why the common collective resists new information. Quote, my body, my choice, unquote, should be consistent for vaccines and abortion. Five, four, Three, two, one, move. Fabiola, how are you tonight? I'm good, Leo. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. And uh, here we are for another episode of the Collective Resistance Podcast. And mm-hmm. uh, Do you want to stop sharing for a minute? For a minute? Okay, well, I don't, okay, yeah, I guess we could do that here. I have to be able to quickly do this. Okay. So stop share. There we are. Hello. We don't have a guest tonight. It's just you. It's just me and you interviewing each other. That's right. <laughs> well, you look lovely tonight. Well, thank you. And uh, um, what was that that we heard there at the very beginning? That's Peter Bogosian. Isn't it Dr. Peter Bogosian? Dr. Peter Bogosian. He's a philosopher. Uh, his main focus is bringing the tools of professional philosophers to people in a wide variety of contexts. Peter has a teaching pedigree spanning more than 25 years and 30,000 students in prisons, hospitals, public and private schools, seminaries, universities, Fortune 100 companies, and small businesses. And his fundamental objective is to teach people how to think through what often seems to be intractable problems. So his primary research areas are critical thinking and moral reasoning. His doctoral research studies funded by the state of Oregon and supported by the Oregon Department of Corrections consist of using the Socratic method to help prison inmates to increase their critical thinking and moral reasoning abilities and to increase their distance to criminal behavior. And you're very familiar with the Socratic method yourself, Leo, correct? Yes, I am. Uh, I am a certified option process mentor, which that uh, counseling technique utilizes the Socratic method in the uh, process called the dialogue. Mm -hmm. And uh, for those of you that uh, don't know what the Socratic method is, it's essentially a um, programmatic way to ask questions and each subsequent question is derived from the answer of the previous question. And so you go where the answers take you and you just continue on until you get to whatever enlightenment you're trying to get to. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, the reason why we played that first clip with Peter is that we have been recently been diving into his YouTube channel, which is relatively new. Uh, And in that YouTube channel, he is posting videos of these thought experiments that he's doing, I think predominantly at college 
universities. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's doing that on campus, either inside uh, multi-purpose rooms, or he's doing it just kind of ad hoc out in the uh, the quad or whatever you want to call it. And uh, it's really an interesting thought experiment that um, I think we we've really been wrestling with a lot right now because of the visual nature of it. And to give you an idea, what, what he had just said there in the beginning, which was, okay, I'm going to count down, and then you guys are going to go to your spots. And what those spots are, I want you to imagine, obviously, those of you watching this video, you'll you'll see what's happening on the screen. But those of you listening on the podcast, I want you to imagine that there are five lines uh, taped on the ground, and everyone is starting at the neutral position. Mm-hmm. So that's the middle line. And then there are two lines to the left and two lines to the right. And the ones at the left uh, represent uh, agree and strongly, strongly agree. agree. And the ones on the right are disagree and strongly disagree. And so his whole goal is that he wants to get, you know. Three. Well, he has a statement, right? Okay. He makes a statement in the beginning and then have people line up in the neutral line. And then when he says go, which is what we play in the beginning of the episode, people would then pick which line they're on based on the statement. And in this case, what is the statement? Do you have the, the video up again? Uh, let me take a peek here. Which is super interesting and controversial, of course. And he calls it a claim. Yes, the claim. And the claim is, my body, my choice should be consistent for vaccines and abortion. Mm -hmm. And so we were watching the video and we thought it was so interesting that we wanted to comment, but we were not there in the room. So we figured we would do an episode where we are commenting on his process and the statements that people are making. Yeah, because I think that... that, Obviously, the the discussion around abortion as well as vaccination, you know, we've covered that in our uh, podcast, but I think it's really interesting, the uh, thought experiment, because what happens is, is that people, you know, put themselves on a particular line, Mm -hmm. and then he asks them to explain you know, why did you choose that line? Mm-hmm. And, and he uses a Socratic method then. Yeah. And, and then he asks, obviously he goes through every individual that, that uh, volunteers to participate in the experiment. And ideally you would have people kind of across the spectrum, right? Yeah. You know, people on, on both sides of an issue. And then uh, what he's asking of the people is, you know, first of all, they're able to move if they want, you know, they can, mm-hmm. if so, if they hear information that, that sways them, they can change their position and move to a different line. Um, and he, and, and most people don't move, but then he, you know, kind of propositions them, which you'll hear in the, in the thing saying, you know, well, what would you have to hear mm-hmm. to say, to move one line to the right or to the left? And then what that's trying to do is to get people to, um, think you know, through their reasonings yeah. of why that they, think that the way that they think and I think the most fascinating thing about this experiment that he in in his YouTube video there are several different controversial topics that he goes through but basically at the beginning of the pandemic and even I would say a year and a half ago or a year ago or or six months ago, people were just refusing to have these conversations and it's interesting how uh, people that do want to have the conversation are getting really creative on on ways to get people to actually sit down and talk to each other, even when they don't agree. 
I mean, in this experiment specifically, they're not really talking to each other, but they are referring to each other's ideas and ideologies and opinions, which is really cool. So we just want to dive in and yep. then we'll just pause it throughout and kind of talk through some of the things that uh, we're hearing here. Okay, so Sounds let me great. share my screen again. All right, let's go ahead and do this. Or you can stay on the neutral line. Can you full screen that, sweetie? You, you can think. I'm going to give you another minute to think. Do you want to stay on the neutral line until you hear what other people have to say? Okay. Okay, so that's fine, too. So you strongly agree with that claim. Tell us why. Yeah, um, so I just think that ultimately people should have the right to decide what to do with their bodies. Pretty basic, um, uh, I think, at least at this point in my life. Um, and whether you decide to vaccinate yourself or to have an abortion should generally be up to you. Um, because, you know, you would be the person that would mostly be tasked and burdened with the um, repercussions of that. You know, there's an argument about how vaccines are communal, but, you know, if there's one in a million um, possibility of side effect and you're permanently crippled, that choice of risk versus benefit should be primarily with the individual. Um, and, you know, in, in conversation with their community, but I don't think they should be uh, necessarily forced to, to so people should so the I just want to make sure I understand this correctly so people should basically have the right to do what they want with their own bodies is that the essentially yes okay okay so I'm gonna go down to I'm coming back to you in a second so you what do you think you're on the strongly disagree line as the question is formulated there yeah I think we're talking about apples and oranges abortion is an individual's decision uh, that might involve a, a, a father as well but primarily the, the woman's decision well, vaccines deal with infectious diseases, which are a community problem. So as far as abortion, sure, that's their, you're right. As a vaccine, if you decide against it, you're putting other people at risk besides yourself. So he said that it's my body, my choice uh, across but the board. It's, it's your body, but it's in your choice, but the consequences aren't limited just to you it, with a vaccine. But with abortion, they're not either because, because you're talking about another existence. Mm, I think that's debatable at, at a certain point, yes, but the person who's involved makes a decision. If it, she has, a, has an abortion, it's not going to affect him or me or someone else. It affects the fetus, sure. Okay. Okay. What are you, are you in agreement with him? Because you're certainly not agree agreeing with them. Right. Um, well, I agree with your conclusion. I have, I would, I would state the argument a little differently. I would say number one. The burden on a person getting a tiny jab in your arm is tiny and the burden on a person to carry a pregnancy and give birth to a child you don't want is enormous, so they're not comparable. I would say the consequences of failing to vaccinate are um, to cause harm, including death, to people who are alive and who are sentient and who we all agree have value, whereas abortion causes harm to an embryo or a fetus, and we do not have a societal consensus that embryos and fetuses have enormous moral value. Got it. Okay. Did you want to 
I know we, we talked through some of that. I know you had a lot. I mean, not not that we are interested in this uh, particular video to in this podcast to uh, dive in on you know the the rationale of those of of those beliefs. But we did when we were watching this initially. We were like, okay, well, there's a shitload of assumptions. Yeah. You know, so I mean, I don't so know. So we what, can talk through the assumptions. I would like to do that maybe if you stop sharing then we get big and then we can talk about it then we can okay, share it's just hard for me to route back i mean they can see us on the thing but i can uh yeah i mean just stop sharing so from what he was saying my my perspective of he was saying he's assuming that then life of a fetus in the womb maybe a fetus is not as valuable as a full, a full human being. I don't even know. It's almost you mean like an out saying, of the womb human being. It's it's almost like saying a seed, which has the potential of becoming a plant or a flower, doesn't have as much value as the plant and the flower. A fetus doesn't have as much value as. A full human being but without the fetus you can really be a full human being so how do we know that a fetus or an embryo doesn't i mean how do we come to the conclusion that they are not i don't know they're not conscious baby and that's be and because you're not conscious then there's no value to you that therefore you can just uh dispose of them and then to also to the, his other argument he was saying that the abortion and the vaccines don't the, we're comparing apples to oranges there well i mean and i do actually i, I mentioned this in uh uh actually i think i mentioned this on our telegram group that that uh I'm a little bit with this whole thing that happened with Roe v. Wade being overturned. I was a, I had a little bit of um, um, pause, you know, that that to a certain extent we we did some conflation of the two because it was convenient, you know, during the pandemic, you know, to throw the my body my choice argument uh, back in front of these people, saying, "Well, look, you know, you were all about it for abortion, but you're not about." actual bodily autonomy when it comes to, you know, injections that we, we put into our body. And I think that as the pandemic's gone on, also as I've seen how the arguments are being made, I think I, I don't like the conflation of the two. I, I do. Th I actually agree with him. I, I probably for different reasons, but I, I don't think it's apples and apples. You know, uh, I, I, I think that, that, uh, um, you know, I, I do think it's a different conversation. And I, I why do you think that? Well, I mean, again, this is where we, we, get, we get a little political. I mean, I, I, I do think it comes down to, you know, when you do believe that life starts. Mm -hmm. Right. And, um, you know, to kind of agree with with the woman, not fully, you know, uh, we have obviously have a lot of debate when that happens, you know, the, the, the very religious would say that it happens at conception, yeah. you know, then you have, that a, would be my, the belief I would adopt. And then you have a multitude of people, you know, who, who say that, oh, okay, you know, it's when the, 
the cell structure, you know, when the heart is, is formed and beating, it's not just a, a group of cells, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. So there, there it's, it's all over the gamut. And, and again, we're not here to, to debate those types of things, but what I think is interesting, um, to me, especially with the, the vaccine argument is that, um, he's making a lot of those assumptions where he's saying that you're putting these people's life, these other people's lives at risk by not getting the vaccine. Yet what we are assuming in that conversation is that the vaccines actually have real efficacy and that they actually have real safety. And And we're also assuming germ theory is right where germs and viruses cause disease and they are transmissible. Exactly. And, and, and that actually dovetails into another conversation, which we want to kind of extend this into after the fact. But um, those were kind of some of the things that jumped out at me. And, uh, um, you know, so, so I do think there's some different assumptions. But do we, do we want to go ahead and continue a little bit? I mean, I think it would be interesting to just also talk about where we are with this, because I was thinking... I always go to uh, people that believe you should have a say on what medical procedures you go through um, and what is coming into your body because it's your body. You're going to have to live with it um, are selfish because they're not thinking of the community. And, uh, you know, we, we do believe that everyone's selfish. Everybody does whatever they do for their own reasons. Uh, Even if they are raising their children and they are feeding their children, they're doing it because they want to feed their their children because they don't want their children to die because they want to enjoy them and they want them to be around. So I believe um, selfishness is not something negative. But at the same time, there is this, the argument becomes so superficial because nobody's diving really into the reasons the real reasons, I mean, the real questions, uh, do virus exist? Uh, are diseases, you know, transmissible? Are germs bad? What about when you wake up in the morning and you're not taking care of your body, you're just trashing it, you were, you're drinking, uh, you were loading yourself with sugar? I mean, wouldn't those things also be a factor if you're talking about the community, right? If you want to stay healthy so you're not spreading diseases to everyone, why are vaccines, you know, the number one go-to and why not the way you take care of your body a consideration as well? Well, and and I think that's really the mechanism that we're wanting to talk about is like saying, well, look, you know, in these simple statements these people are making, there is a foundation of belief Mm-hmm. that yeah. they may not even be aware that they have not chosen. Mm-hmm. You know, it has been implanted, if you will. It has been propagandized and it has been taken as experiential mm-hmm. and they believe it as a common understanding, but it's not. And I think that's where we get into the issue where, you know, when we have disagreements with people is that, look, we we believe some core structural differences. You know, mm-hmm. you mentioned germ theory versus terrain theory. So it's like, well, why would we ever be mad at each other in a conversation? Because we are looking at these from totally different paradigms. So, and having said that, we, we should understand that of one another, mm-hmm. that that might be the case, f- establish that, and then 
work to understand each other's belief and why that paradigm makes sense to them. And then we, we might be able to learn from one another. I mean, at, at the end of the day, I think one person may learn more than the other, but, but uh, I, I think if we're open in that way, then, then we'll have a lot more luck. And that's where I think these, these uh, thought experiments. There's one more thing I wanted to, to talk about. Also, I feel like when we talk about the community mm-hmm. uh, in the world out there, it's almost a way to not take responsibility because you don't really have control over the community and what the community is going to do. You individually, right? Unless you use force, which we've seen with the mandatory, you know, masking and vaccination and lockdowns. Um, You use coercion, basically. That's why you try to um, impose your control over people. But ultimately, what it boils down to is you only have control over yourself. And you have control over um, how you eat, how you live, how you take care of your personal affairs. Um, so to me, it seems very, very obvious. It starts with you. So before you start telling other people what they should be doing, are you doing those things? You know, looking back at yourself. Well, shall we dive in a little bit more? Sure. Okay, let's see here. So, we 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 heard you heard theirs. Yes, you heard his. I'm coming back to you now. What do you think? I do appreciate a logical and consistent argument. So I do think that um, if we had to say my body, my choice, um, I do feel more passionately about women's issues, and so that's why I would be here. Um, so so how come oh, you violated the rules? Come on, you go to Dartmouth, <laughs> right on the line, right on the line. So how come you're not on the agree? Um, I just think I don't know enough about the topic, and I'm still open to being swayed either way. Oh, well then why aren't you on the neutral? Because I still slightly agree. Because you have, a, is it a moral impulse that you have that puts you there? Um, I th- or is it a reasoned argument? I think it was the way that I was brought up. Okay, so it's a, it's a, so if you were brought in a di- up in a different household, you may be on the slightly disagree. Yeah. So the fact that you were brought up in the household that you are was primarily arbitrary sure so the belief must be then arbitrary no why not <laughs> i don't think that logic tracks okay, tell me why um because although i was brought up in a certain household i've since like become my own person oh, i don't okay. think so you've chosen i don't the... think we have to absorb everything okay. that we were growing up with okay so you've heard their arguments and you've heard his arguments um are you what do you think Oh, that's, that's a great question. Uh, <laughs> that's why we're all here tonight. <clears throat> um, oh, yeah, I definitely don't know enough about uh, neither of the two subjects. Um, and I think it's really interesting that um, they're put together, the yeah, yeah. vaccine and the abortion uh, uh, arguments. Um, for one part, I think that um, we should create a society in which human life is valued mm-hmm. um and i also agree that individuals should have uh, the liberty to uh choose some of their actions but um to the point that i just made about human life being valued i do recognize that 
um, by choosing not to be vaccinated, you're putting other people at risk. Um, and then on the abortion side, um, well, um, I think that, um, oh, how do I say this? Um, woman should, um, we should have a society in which woman could voluntarily choose, um, uh, could see that abortion is, uh, is a viable option. Um, but, um, for example, I, I saw a video uh, the other day of how, um, uh, in a business, um, the employee was paying this, his workers, $70,000, uh, per week, like salary and the birth rate increased like dramatically. So I, I think that if, if you create a society in which human life is welcomed, um, say alleviate poverty, uh, okay. um, then, you know, women wouldn't see abortion as the only viable choice that they have. Okay. So and I know I'm, I'm paraphrasing and I hope I've gotten this correctly. If I haven't, tell me. They're saying that there's a fundamental difference for vaccines and abortion. Mm -hmm. It's like a, in philosophy, you say it's a category mistake. It's a mixing categories. They're not the same thing. Is that basically correct? Basically. And he's saying it's not a category mistake. They, they fall in the same category because it's someone's body. So what would it take to move you to slightly, like, what would, what argument could they make? I'm not saying they can make the argument. I'm saying what could they say to move you to slightly disagree and what could he say or maybe even she say to move you to slightly agree what what would, what would they have to say to you and then i'm going to ask them if they can tell you that oh okay yeah so i think for the to agree more um it'd be if if an argument could, like is made of say uh will and liberty and you choosing your actions and uh uh, the freedom to make choices. You mean that, that if he, if somehow he can show you that liberty is extraordinarily important, yeah, then I, more important than public safety. Um, then that, yeah, that human actions, uh, that you have the power to choose them and you should, you, you know, you're responsible to make those choices. Then yeah, I'd be compelled to move. Can you give him that argument? Sure. Well, I, I think generally you want to live in a society, um, broadly speaking, where the individual can make the choice because the alternative is a society where you always have to make the choice that either the state wants you to make or um, you have to think exactly as your community does. Um, and I think that's more dangerous um, because then your interests are devalued and your existence, I think you're valuing human life less if you go to that extreme. Now, I'm not saying that necessarily this particular issue is um, on that line, okay. but I think that um, moving away from this um, voluntary choice of vaccination and, you know, for example, not treating the vaccinated if they're hospitalized, is a very dangerous idea because, you know, you could extend that to obese people even, and you can say, oh, look, they may be. So you're also saying that there's a consequence to this. Uh, I, I'm just saying that the type of reasoning where you try to draw the lines around a particular group of people can be easily extended. Did that make you want to move one there? No, but she uh, did say something about them um, not being grouped together. Um, Ellen, 
Hi, Malika. Uh, and I'm just wondering, I'm starting to rethink why they have been grouped together um, and why the phrase my body, my choice has been used on both the right and the left. To why do you think that they've been grouped together? I'm not sure. I'm trying to think about well, what that reason is, but I'm more so thinking that they shouldn't be. Oh, so that was that was both of their arguments as well, right? That they shouldn't be grouped together. Okay, but before I come to did he say any, did he persuade you to, to go one line over? Yeah. Okay, go ahead and move over. Okay. Okay, so I'd like you to, to speak today. <laughs> to, to just so you stand on the line here. The rules of the game are very, very simple. <laughs> Truly, they're just extraordinarily simple. Okay. Okay. So, um, we now have two people in, in this slightly agree camp. Um, what, what do you have to say specifically to them? If anything, you don't have to say anything. I was, I was thinking more about vaccines and the social impact. Okay. And it occurred to me that if Christopher Columbus and his crew and all the other colonists that came over yeah. had been vaccinated, then a lot fewer indigenous Americans would have died of infectious diseases. And we had a whole different history. So that puts in a little bigger perspective. Uh, if you don't get vaccinated, you might infect some other people, maybe not. But they had a humongous impact. Do you have anything that you want to say to the... Uh... Slightly agree, folks. Yeah. I'm sorry, what's your name? Nacho. Nacho? Okay. That's a cool I'm name. Sense, I'm getting the sense that your argument perhaps comes from uh, a place where you're not entirely comfortable with abortion. You're someone who values, who thinks of a fetus has a high moral value, not a low moral value. Is that fair? Uh, yeah, I think so. Okay. Um, so then I would... Uh, just fall back on you're you're welcome to like that's your value Th those are your morals your values and that's great but we as a as a society we don't have a societal consensus that fetuses and embryos have high moral value most Americans actually think that fetuses and embryos have much lower moral value than living sentient people and so we shouldn't establish a policy. We should establish a policy that's more based on our consensus than that's based on your personal. So I'd like to ask you a question. So just because there's a consensus, it doesn't mean the thing that there's a consensus about is true. That's that's true. That is true. But so I'm not sure why. Why would the consensus persuade? Yeah, go ahead. I I would just say this is one of those cases where I think that um, historically the American consensus that that fetuses have lower moral value than living sentient people like, is one that we that has been manifest like for for generations the abortion rate in this country has has barely changed in hundreds of years so I think we have it's just established that that's our value system and it's not going to change I'm, I'm curious um... Just as a hypothetical, and I know this is a huge hypothetical, and if you're not comfortable answering, don't answer it. If you could be shown to your satisfaction that a that the, the, the fetus had more moral standing than you currently believe, would you be willing to move? I'm not saying I can show you that, but would you be willing to move, the, or is it just too weird of a hypothetical? It's... By saying it's a moral question, I'm saying that it can't be 
proven or not proven. It's a moral. It's a moral value. People have. I thought. I thought if it's a moral question, then some people can be wrong. You mean it's an opinion? Yes, it's a. The opinion is how much moral weight do we grant to embryos and fetuses? And is there a truth of the matter to that? No, I think a moral value is by definition something that's not. So if it's not empirically true. So if it's there's no truth of the matter to that, then it would seem that half of your argument falls. No, because what's true is that we don't have a consensus. Okay. So, you know, first of all, I just want to point out, you know, it's really intriguing to me, uh, and I, and I learned this, uh, learning that counseling, uh, methodology, uh, where going through the Socratic method and getting people to explain themselves, you know, not pointing your finger at them, but just getting them to back up the statements that they're saying you know, and, and then it is a worthwhile exercise in, in, in getting them to, you know, cause oftentimes I've said this before, oftentimes, uh, people think things make sense in their head because mm -hmm. there's, they don't see the rough edges. Everything is just in this cloud of information. And they think I'm holding all this info. This is enough to make my point. But when they actually are asked the question and they are verbalizing it, they find, I mean, I have found this in my own life, that, that, that these ideas have a lot of sharp edges and they don't fit together nicely. And so the exercise of doing a thought experiment like this is actually quite useful because it allows people to actually see, oh, okay, where am I weak in my own argument? Not that they're going to admit that in a conversation like this, but I mean, I think you could tell if you were watching the video here, maybe even listening to, to her speak, you could see that she was not so crisp on her own thoughts when she was trying to put them in order. In fact, she'd kind of, she'd kind of proven a, um, uh, uh, she, she, she was saying that we hadn't reached consensus yet at the same time she was also earlier she said that we are at a consensus yes so she's like using the 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 but again interesting that how does she know that I, that was curious to me yeah and, and he doesn't he doesn't obviously check every right because otherwise they'll be there forever for the yeah, whole week yeah. but the other thing i find interesting about these arguments and i think i said that earlier is that we never inspect it deeper so it's always like the superficial, okay, we're talking about now the woman is pregnant and then now she can choose if she wants to keep the pregnancy of no, or not. And the same thing with the vaccine, we're, we're not asking the question deeper. I think most people is saying the argument. So it's this, this divisiveness, right? The superficial divisiveness where we're not at, well, we could, there are ways we, if we take responsibility and control, there are ways if we really don't want to get pregnant that, and there are tools that we can use. And I mean, not saying that accidents don't happen or rapes or things like that happened unfortunately but why are we talking about also the topics of if you don't want to get pregnant 
What are the tools you could use to prevent the pregnancy? The same thing with health. If you don't want to get sick, what tools would you use that would help you be healthy? <laughs> you know what I mean? Why are we not asking those questions? So that's the, in general, I'm not saying for this exercise, I understand the purpose of the exercise is just starting the conversation, but why we're always like two, three levels above what the root causes <laughs> of disease and pregnancy. Well, and as far as this particular conversation of Peter's goes, you know, the, the, the people are all pretty uh, communicative, you know, and, and, mm -hmm. and, and they want to communicate with each other. We've seen other videos where it's quite adversarial, you know, and, and the, uh, some of the individuals, you know, they can't even believe someone would sit on the other side and they're just yelling at them and saying, well, you know, you're a, a bigot or you're this or you're that, you know, depending on what the claim is, right. They're all, mm -hmm. all his videos are different claims. It's not always vaccine and abortion. It's, uh, you know, trans, uh, uh, athletes in women's sports mm -hmm. and yeah. all sorts of stuff. So it's very, very intriguing stuff, but, but, uh, uh, you know, the usefulness here. And I, I think about the conversation that I had on telegram today with people in the group, which I, I thought was, uh, uh, a positive one, you know, we, because we, here we are, we're all truth seekers, but you know, you have, even within our telegram group, you've got uh, a contingent that, you know, don't believe viruses exist. I would mm -hmm. say we're in that contingent, you know, based on mm -hmm. the information that we've collected. We have great diversity in our telegram. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then we've got a whole other subset of people who, um, you know, they might have some concerns about virology, but they, they believe viruses exist and that can be the cause of illness. Mm -hmm. And, and, uh, so, you know, we, we, I think we had a pretty productive, um, back and forth. It wasn't a super long conversation, but you might want to share the name of the group on Telegram. Yeah, sure. It's the Collective <laughs> Resistance Podcast. So please join us on uh, the Telegram group if you want to further the conversation. Uh, also on Twitter at uh, TCRP12. You can follow us there as we announce new episodes. Um, but uh, really what was interesting to me was that we had this... Um, and again, I'm not judging anyone. I'm saying it was just interesting to me that, you know, because there's this topic of, okay, uh, viruses aren't real. It's like, okay, well, this is such a big can of worms. It's like, um, yeah, that can't be, that can't be, uh, uh even on the table, you know? Mm -hmm. So, so, and, and to, 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 to be able to do the research to actually understand that claim Mm -hmm. uh, at, at any decent length is going to be too consuming. And, and the average person doesn't have that kind of time in the day. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and I made the point, well, you know, look, I'm a dad, I I'm a professional. I have the time <laughs> I, I did it. We, in fact, we produced a podcast on it. Mm -hmm. Um, so, I mean, I, and, and, and to me, the, the, the question of is virology real or is it being misused, uh, is the crux mm -hmm. of the big predicament we're in. Now there's an even bigger predicament, you know, that there are people pulling strings, right. Mm -hmm. You know, to, to, to create certain yeah. outcomes, but, but, uh, you know, virology is the hammer mm -hmm. that is pounding on all of us as nails, mm -hmm. you know, and germ theory as, you know, and germ theory. Exactly. So, so I mean, if there is a contingent that, uh, is saying, well, look, you know, you, you're, you're 
we, we've been misunderstanding what viruses are or what they aren't, you know, for, for decades. And, uh, if we can all get an understanding of, of, uh, what's really going on in virology, then, you know, all of this public policy nonsense won't even be, it won't be a matter of, oh, do I think that's going too far or not? It's a matter of, well, this isn't even playing the right ball game. Yeah. You know, and so different paradigm, totally different paradigm. And so, uh, you know, and, and, and I think, you know, I didn't even get there overnight. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? On there mm-hmm. is no virus. You know, I think you, you, you got there a lot quicker. Well, I had ble- bread, cl- uh, bread crumbs for several years. Um, it's just sometimes it's just hard to get to the data. But now that you can look at studies and see, you know, based on our last episode, you know, the concoction, the methods of the study and the concoction that it is where you say that very tiny particles are what causes disease when you have a soup of things that so could be any one of those things, it's easy for you to deduce, okay, we might not know exactly what causes disease, but it looks clear that we haven't proven that this tiny particle that nobody has seen causes disease. So, Well, and... and- yeah, at the same time, you know, you and I were talking last night and because uh, we were talking about, OK, well, what are because obviously we're, we're making the case for beliefs that we have here. But yeah. but, you know, are we open to having that discussion and being one of the people in Peter's thought experiment right. and saying, OK, you know, can you consider, you know, these other beliefs and what would you need to hear? And, and, mm-hmm. and, and uh, I, I know you had. Some challenges with that conversation, you know. I think, you know, basically my challenge is the belief that we are, this is a more of a, I'm glad that we're having the conversation, but the conversations that we are having are at a very superficial level. Mm-hmm. And so it's more of a distraction and a banter and is mostly based on belief and not based on facts. And I think we waste so much time and energy on beliefs that we and convincing each other that our belief is the right belief that we could be using that time to actually dive into to the root causes of problems you know and and learning the facts for ourselves if we feel inclined to taking responsibility i think it all comes to me it comes down to personal responsibility which i think is really lost in this society where we all have to be taking care of other people even even though we have no control of how other people think or what they do or how they take care of themselves so I don't, I, yeah, so that's a, that's a big challenge for me. Well, and I think that, uh, you know, we were talking last night too about um, the, uh, um, the ability to, um, you know, get inside someone else's shoes, even if you're not going to mm-hmm. stay in them, Yeah, get in them and um, see how they're putting something together. And then respect and say, okay, look, I have challenges with these parts, but I can see that if you are using those parts to build your foundation, I, I see how you got there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and building that bridge of respect with one another. Um, and I feel like right now, you know, to your point, these superficial conversations, you know, we're not looking at those structural 
elements we are we are looking at we, we, we talked about people want to believe in institutions mm-hmm. you know and and i remember i had a conversation with a friend and and, and he said you know uh, that another friend told him look you need to have faith in institutions and and you know mm-hmm. and i said to him i said well why why <laughs> why do you need to have faith in mm-hmm. institutions this make any sense institutions over time have shown us that they failed and failed and failed again through corruption. I mean, governments, yeah. Yeah, through corruption and mm-hmm. uh, misuse of, of resources and laziness. And, you know, th- th- they are, institutions are as fallible, if not more than humans individually themselves, you know? And so mm-hmm. why would we put all our faith in that? Why wouldn't we inspect? Because we don't trust ourselves. Because we, oh, don't we trust haven't been educated yeah. to take responsibility and look within. We have always been told, you've got to watch the news. You've got to know what's going on so you can talk about it. You've got to look at the experts. You've got to go to the doctor. You've got to go to your teacher. You've got to go to your lawyer. You can speak for yourself. Well, so is the position that we have been trained to put ourselves in, really. Well, and that brought me to that, you know, what, what a lot of the people in the Telegram group were saying. I shouldn't say a lot. I think there were a couple that said it, but you know, that there, there's not enough time in the day to be truly knowledgeable on, mm-hmm. on everything. And, mm-hmm. and, and again, I, I make the point that, yeah, you're, you're not going to be knowledgeable on everything, mm-hmm. but I mean, there are some, there are some core issues, you know, that are structural mm-hmm. and you have to be willing to do that inspection. I mean, I guess you don't have to, I guess we, we've talked about, mm-hmm. you know, like we talked about with, with Rich uh, Monroe, the author, you know, that, that, that sometimes you got to let go mm-hmm. and you got to trust that, uh, dare I say, trust the plan. No, you, <laughs> you, you've got to trust that, um, you know, the, the benevolent universe will, will uh, mm-hmm. come to your, your aid and, and provide you exactly what you need, regardless of whether you're searching for it or not. I can see there's a shift happening, a really positive shift happening, even if the conversation is superficial. We are having the conversation, and I think that is a huge game changer. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. And and I think these, these thought experiments, I mean, to me, this particular thought experiment is how I think, or, or it's how I check myself when I know that I'm being immature, mm-hmm. because I know that, look, I'm not willing to inspect and say, okay, well, what would I need to hear to see your point of view? Because mm-hmm. I have to be willing to do that. If I truly feel confident in my point of view, I have to be willing to try that other coat on mm-hmm. and say, okay, well, here's why it doesn't fit. The sleeves are too short. The buttons are worn out, yeah. whatever. I have to be willing to do that. And if I'm not, and just say, just shame people and say, oh, look, you know, you're just, you're kooky, you're wacky, you know, because yeah. you believe tin that you're, your tinfoil hat, your fringe, <laughs> then, you know, really, I have not added anything. Mm-hmm. To the conversation. You, you're basically stopping the conversation. Yeah. So do you want to keep going here? Let's yeah. see here. Okay, share screen. All right. Okay. I'm pondering this. Um, had anybody said anything that gave you pause to go to the agree line? Uh, no, but I, I think that uh, what I'm hearing is a very compelling case for people to be vaccinated and to... That's what I took. That's interesting, yeah, that you took. No, no, but to, to me, the way I understand it is I think it's a good argument for why people should be vaccinated and raise awareness about 
um, issues of community spread mm. that you know it, it can have an impact. The, the Christopher think, Columbus thing I was that made that me. That was interesting. Yeah. Uh, but I think ultimately the decision, and that's how I interpret this question: the decision should still be with the individual, and we should respect that. Okay, so we're gonna wrap up in a minute. We have three questions from from folks. Um, so what do you agree? What do you think? And what do you think of those arguments? What do you th and the fact that specifically it gave him pause. The the was it that specifically was the Columbus argument? No, I, I think it's a yeah. I think it's a great argument to get people to um, embrace vaccinations. Okay, and and if that's the case, then the position seems stronger, providing you buy the the abortion argument. So what do you think? What what do you think? You've heard the best arguments people can make. Are you confident that you're standing on the right line? Yeah. What gives you that confidence? I think some people would argue, and this is not my personal belief, that um, um, by women getting an abortion, they harm not only themselves, but, you know, a living thing. And so you that argument for vaccines, and I do think that as a society, we have a responsibility to protect and keep uh, others around us safe. But again, I'm just seeing more and more how I don't think that they should be grouped together. And I don't think that my body, my choice should be the phrase that's applied to both. Okay. All right. Okay. What do you think? You move now. You Are you more confident that you've correctly calibrated She's your belief She's concerned about the here? phrase. <laughs> no. No. I want to move back? Um, well, I, I think... Um, uh, what, what's your name again? Vlado. Vlado? Yeah. Um, I, I think he, he put into perspective this idea that... Um, um, that the individual has the power to make choices and that um, he can guide those those choices uh, to certain ends. And I agree with that. I don't think that uh, you're, someone else should dictate uh, the choice that uh, you make. Um, so, so, okay, so you're... You, okay, so you think that this is the right line. I don't want to put words in your mouth. No. You, you, you think this is the right line, but you're not very confident that this is the right line. Yes. Uh, I, I am not confident uh, that this is the right line. Yeah. How, how confident are you that this is the right line? One to a hundred, one to ten, with ten being maximal confidence, five being, I don't know. Get eight and a half. How confident are you that you're on the right line? I would avoid quantifying that as to not um, rob myself of the opportunity of changing my mind if I have to. So you could say nine then? I, you know, I think people have a tendency to stick the, with their views. Um, so, you know, I'll, I'll go with a seven even though I think my... Seven? Even though I think my arguments are decently fleshed out, I think there's a danger of believing that you have the right answer at a nine or a ten because... Uh, so I just want to drill down on this. So you think you're a seven on strongly disagree. So if you stood on the agree, then that would mean you'd have to be lower than seven. Could you repeat that question? Well, usually when people stand on like strongly agree, their confidence is higher. But at seven, your confidence is coming in, you know. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think my conf... I think I have well-reasoned arguments for why I believe what I believe, which is why I'm in strongly agree rather than agree. If I was in agree, I think that would be maybe something that I've heard or slightly agree something that I've heard for the first time or I, I'm not sure. But um, the reason I'm a seven is because, well, who am I to say that I have the answer to this question? Okay, so I'm curious now. He thinks that he has well-reasoned arguments. Now, the key is I'm not asking you if you agree with him. 
I'm first asking you if you understand his arguments, and I'm second, I'm going to ask if you not agree, but do you understand and do you, do you understand the reasoning behind them? So do you understand the arguments and what his reasoning is? Um, I don't understand, but almost ignoring the social impact of spreading infectious diseases. Okay, fair enough. Oh, sorry. Um, I am not sure I understand Vlad's argument. Okay. All right. Well, we're going to hopefully maybe we'll flesh it out in the Q&A. Qu uh, say who you want the question for and then ask away. So my question's for Vlado. Um, you were saying in the very beginning that uh, you're aware that there could be a, a communal argument made, but that you think that there is an individual harm to getting vaccinated, which is like, you, I think you quantified it as being like one in a million. Um, Their individual risk? Yeah. Of, of everyone who gets a, a shot. There's, it's something relatively minor for most vaccines, yeah. Okay. Um, so you only quantified that side, though. You didn't quantify the side of everyone else in society, of the community. I mean, I don't um, think it's an And assumption. I think there's a bunch of, and I think we agree on this, that there's a bunch of reasons why, you know, a certain, if, if the number of vaccines is below a certain threshold, everyone in a society suffers. Such as, you know, yeah, super spreader events oh, and all kinds of things, assumption. people dying from the disease, but also people indirectly dying from the disease. Like if the hospital is filled up with, COVID patients who were not vaccinated, who probably not have gotten COVID this badly, if they have been vaccinated then, and you have a heart attack on the same day, um, you are you probably have a, a worse chance of survival. Um, so I, I know that it's hard to kind of quantify those, and so I'm not going to come up with any numbers here. So what's here. your question my, for? My question is, what kind of balance between those numbers would convince you to walk to the agree line? That's a great question. Um, just quickly addressing the reason I didn't quantify it because I think it's a lot more difficult than looking at the statistics of, of vaccines themselves. Uh, the balance, um, it, it, that's also a difficult question because I think when the balance flips, uh, people's opinions will also flip in the sense that they would be more willing to get vaccinated even if they're vaccine hesitant. But I would I would say that it, it needs to be something for me um, like one to ten or one to fifty, uh, because I think the principle of having the right to uh, generally choose your life's decision is um, such a broad and important one that I think there's some sort of an inherent danger if we normalize um, communal precedence, even though there may be uh, good, very good arguments for it. So it's a for you, and I think you've been consistent throughout this whole thing. It's a it's a for your first principle is individual liberty. My first principle, uh, I, I well, think in this context. I think it's yes, largely because I think it's worked out pretty well in a lot of contexts, and generally, or or very often, whenever um, precedence goes to uh, state power. Um, and, and, and it often goes to state power because that's the most effective way you can enforce community mandates. Uh, things go uh, rather poorly. Okay, and, cool. I, I got it. All right. Anybody else want to ask a question? Come, come on down. And we got two. We got one more. We're going to do a faster round after this. And uh, please say uh, who, who, if your question is general, just say it's general. If it's to someone specific, just say it to specific. This one's also for Vlado. Uh, my question is, 
if you're you you said that your first principle is liberty, but then you went on to say that liberty is only valuable because it prevents state abuse, because it prevents these other harms, these other things that you think are bad for people, for society, for other institutions besides liberty. Is liberty something that's good because it's good or is it good because it helps society? And if it's good because it helps society, doesn't there have to be a balance? Because it's obviously... Okay, that's all... good that we got yeah. that question. So, yeah. Yeah, well, I, I think it's a slightly tricky question. You know, if you, if humans were you know, wild animals, and uh, at the first hint of liberty, they were to try and murder each other, I think liberty would lose its value. But in the current system that we have, um, I, I would say both in that, um, and, uh, you know, I wish I, I had more time to think about this, but uh, both in that I think we all yearn for liberty and for freedom and to have the power to make personal choices and to live happily. Um, and also because it seems to lead to good effects. So I think there is luckily a uh, consensus in how both sides of that coin lead to good things on both the individual and the community level, generally speaking. All right, cool, thanks. Thanks everybody, appreciate it. Good. Give them a round of applause. Good job. All right. <laughs> I just found it fascinating how people just keep talking about safety but they don't question the authority that's pushing things or why they're pushing that they just immediately buy into the narrative of this is a dangerous disease you need to get you know the statistics I guess I don't know where they get their statistics because I guess we look at our statistics a little bit differently or we're getting different information, but you're affirming that um, you must, uh, uh, vaccination is good for society because it prevents disease, it prevents hospitalizations, but that is not the paradigm well, I observe. I mean, so. I, I, I think it's just interesting. And obviously th there's a, uh, a limited amount of depth that can, you know, you can, like you mentioned earlier, there's a limited amount of depth you can go into yeah. in these thought experiments. But I no, mean, I just find it fascinating how easy it is to sway the mob. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, but my, but my point was, my point was, uh, uh, you know, and even Peter didn't challenge. Well, I mean, he not, didn't challenge. I know. I understand his experiment. That's not the purpose of it. Right. His purpose is just getting people to inspect the beliefs, as is the purpose of the dialogue. It's not you pushing your agenda. Right. You're but, basically but, but in the dialogue, though, in the dialogue, though, you do ask when somebody makes a claim like, um, um, I mean, whatever, any claim. I mean, think think of the claim that that uh, the woman made about um, the consensus is that society whole gives more value to a living sentient being that's existed as opposed to a, a fetus you're you saying know? the fetus doesn't Do, yeah it doesn't yeah. yeah so 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 i mean that that's a belief okay mm -hmm. uh so in in a dialogue you would ask why do you believe that you know not mm -hmm. not a not in a judgy way right right but you just say well what what do you mean why do but you believe that? you don't have an agenda yeah yeah and and the and dialogue. uh and and so I mean, he could do that here because that's a that's a Socratic because she's building a persuasive case, 
you know what I mean? Because then he's asking, he's turning around and saying, okay, well, what did you think about what she said? Mm-hmm. Does that sway you to move to the next line over, you know, or not? But he's not actually getting her to inspect her claims. And so that's the, maybe the shortfall of this experiment that mm-hmm. in, in a, in a, in a very thorough experiment, you know, we would do it for a long period of time and we would dive into those things. Right. And we mm-hmm. would inspect those things. And I think that would give those people real pause, but, uh, that's not obviously what is afforded to us here. Yeah. If I was in that exercise, I would be sitting in the strongly agree line and I would be sitting there because I believe in personal responsibility. I think people have the power to choose for themselves to take care of themselves. If they don't want to be sick, they can take care of themselves. If they really don't want to have babies, there are tools to avoid having babies. And I think it comes that's where it comes down to for me. And I also feel like you gotta ask the deeper questions. Even though you, it's important to have the conversation, whichever way it may happen, it's important that people start having the conversation. Um, we do need to think a little deeper than just statistics that we see in the news or manipula- manipulative study headlines that you didn't read. Um, you need to think about, okay, who is gaining <laughs> who is profiting from these policies, you know? And I don't think that people are, not that they are not capable of, but for some reason, it's it's just easy to get distracted and not think deeper. Think deep, deeper on your beliefs, think, think deeper on why you think the way you think and be, and be willing to have the conversation. Well, I mean, you know, just like in the uh, Telegram group, you know, we were talking about, I think we were talking about rabies, mm-hmm. you know, and, and so, you know, my, my want was to immediately dive in and get some data, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, uh, instead of disbelief, okay, yeah, I guess. Yeah. And, and, and instead of just contagious say, and the dogs are bite, biting you and you're going to die or, uh, bat is going <laughs> to, well, no, but I mean, I could have, I could have said something that was just like, you know, dismissive. You know, I could have done the same thing to them that that. But but no, I was like, okay, well, look, I'll go get some data. I'll I'll show you that this is not so black and white. Mm-hmm. And and if it's not as black and white, what does that do to your belief in the paradigm? Mm-hmm. You know, m- maybe it still stands, mm-hmm. but maybe it's a little less strong. And you're like, okay, okay, well, now you've got me saying this isn't exactly what I thought it was. So, mm-hmm. so now I'm like, okay. It might be a C that's blended too, because I remember the first time I learned, I heard of the concepts that virus, viruses didn't exist. It was like probably in 2012 or something. And for some reason, even though I didn't have a whole lot of information, and I tried to look for information online and I just couldn't find a whole lot back then. It just kind of stayed with me. I was like, hmm, that's interesting. You know, it wasn't enough to be like, oh, yes, I'm totally on board. Now I I feel like I have a lot more data. But back then it was just like, hmm, that's intriguing. You know, and it stayed with me. Yeah. I can't say that about everything that crosses my, 
in the in the issue of vaccination and being hesitant. For example, I remember when it was time to make the choice with our first child, I had heard people having concerns. I mean, but and that stayed with me. And I did went ahead and purchased the vaccine book because somebody told me about the vaccine book. Uh, but I still didn't have a bunch of knowledge in the propaganda I had been exposed to as a child was pretty strong. Um, so I still chose to go with the experts. And now I wish I had actually, if I had actually gone back and, and read, you know, instead of just one book, look at some more books I maybe would have made. If the information was readily available and I think that's another challenge too we have so much censorship now so much propaganda that it's hard to get to the heart of the issue and one more thing I wanted to bring up because uh the gentleman the older gentleman there was talking about um the natives and how they got diseases from the European um, and how, you know, this is historical fact. But if you start looking a little deeper at historical fact and what kind of toxins now the natives are exposed, they're coming from the Europeans. Like they were given all these blankets that had, um, um, how do you call that thing that bites you? Not bed bugs, but... Ticks or... No, not ticks, fleas. I think they were infested with fleas. Okay, we know insects have toxins and you you do get sick from snake bites, from mosquito bites or tick bites. Uh, but are you getting sick because of uh, a germ or are you getting sick because of the toxin? I think we, we got to be willing to talk about all the other elements and not so quickly jump into the germ theory train and say, well, I've read in a history book, therefore everything that's in the history book is true. But the history book is pretty narrow in just telling you, okay, this is what happened. And you don't really have any evidence because it was so long ago, you know, but what about other historical accounts? What about the blankets they were given to the natives? What about the, the trade that they were doing? What about things that were introduced to the natives that were not there before? Um, their, their way of life was changed, you know? Their, their land was taken away <laughs> by force, you know? This also causes your soul and your spirit to just break. And I believe emotions also cause disease, so... Well, and, it's and, just so superficial. And and what what somebody had, <clears throat> excuse me, brought up in the um, the Telegram group, which I thought was intriguing, um, which I will I will uh, read it here. Um, the the individual had said, uh, you know, I've just listened to the last uh, Collective Resistance episode. I have a question for you for you guys. What do you think about the rabies virus? If viruses don't exist, what do we do with this case? If you get bitten by a dog, a rat, a bat, or else, or anything else that is infected with rabies, you definitely get sick and your chances of dying are above 95%. Actually, if you don't get the anti-rabies vaccine ASAP after you get bitten, you can easily consider yourself dead. So obviously, if we were in a lineup, a Peter Bogosian lineup, you mm -hmm. know, there, there is a lot to question there. There's a lot of statements mm -hmm. that 
I, I'll be honest with you. I, I mean, I, I was uh, propagandized around rabies, but I mean, mm-hmm. this is very, very definitive here. You know what I mean? Of 95%, you have yeah, to get the thing get ASAP. Yeah. You know, so I, I'm like, okay, well, these aren't even things that that, that, that I know. And and so then I, um, uh, you know, went with to you. We looked up in the uh, Contagion Myth and uh, the book, the book the by uh, Dr. Myth. Tom Cowan mm-hmm. and some interesting notes about rabies just to kind of uh, of give you an idea of how this is a little bit more complicated of a conversation. But um, let me just read through this. It's fairly quick. The injection of uh, puree, the injection of a puree of diseased brain tissue into the brains of dogs was the method preferred by Louis Pasteur to establish microbial causation of rabies. And indeed, injecting smushed brains into their heads often made them foam at the mouth and die. Many of Pasteur's contemporaries disagreed strongly that rabies, also called hydrophobia, was a contagious disease and pointed out that the vaccine often caused great harm to animals and people. Even Pasteur's contemporary germ theorist Robert Koch discouraged the use of the rabies vaccine. Vets of the era believed that dogs became rabid when they were starved and mistreated. Dr. Matthew Woods of Philadelphia noted that at the Philadelphia Dog Pound, where an average more than 6,000 vagrant dogs are taken annually and where the catcher and keepers are frequently bitten while handling them, not one case of hydrophobia rabies has occurred during its entire history of 25 years, in which time 150,000 dogs have been handled. During the 60s, researchers succeeded in inducing symptoms of rabies in experimental animals by by, uh, pureeing them. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, by putting them in a bat cavern where they could breathe the toxic, stultifying vapors of bat guano, later claiming to have isolated an airborne rabies virus. To test whether this so-called virus caused rabies, one researcher inoculated mice uh, intracerebrally. 50% died within 48 hours, but none developed rabies. So, again, this does not answer the question. And and the book has also sources. Yeah, there are sources. Sites like three different, a book and a couple studies. But um, what's interesting about that is, is not that we answer the question of, okay, is rabies exactly what we think it is, but Mm -hmm. we certainly have poked some holes in methods Mm-hmm. that were being used to prove this out and you have to ask if you're you know if you're a logical human being so okay does that sound right i mean i mean if you inject anything in somebody's brain i'm sure they're gonna you're gonna sick. have issues you know <laughs> so so i mean we're we're just showing okay that that when you have this output at the end of you know the scientific findings that this is the cause of this but then you're not paying attention to those methods and how it's put together, then there is a lot of cause for potential, you know, uh, misrepresentation, mm-hmm. and 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 I think that's what we're seeing here. We're going to do more diving in around yeah. rabies, but but uh, I think it's important to be careful with staying superficial on a topic and maybe reading something quickly off the CDC website, I don't know, say, okay, rabies is caused by a virus. Okay, it's caused by a virus. How do we know first? Also, what is this virus? How do you separate the virus from 
everything else and know for sure. So it it's just an exercise to really learn how to inspect your beliefs in it and check them out. Yeah. You know? Well, and, and, and I just wonder if we, if we're able to sit people down and do a Peter Bogosian lineup, you know, would we, would we find <laughs> if people were being honest, would we find that, you know, it, it really comes down to, there is this giant infrastructure that's built. It's the same thing. Like Amanda Vollmer said, you know, uh-huh. or in that debate she had with the guy, the, the, the gentleman, the, the med, doctor, med student. yeah, he said, he said, but they've built these giant labs. They're investing, yeah. you know, millions and millions of dollars. Uh-huh. Would that just be for a lie? Well, I'd be, I'm trying to tell you, I mean, do we accept that they built labs and that's the proof? Yeah. Or do we look at the actual science and say, okay, well, how did you actually come to look at the, the results? Yeah. So. And if it is not important to you, then it's not important. Then it's not to important you. to you. It's fine. You know, and it's fine. But still, I think it's important that everyone take personal responsibility so they can take control of their lives. You know? Well, but I would all, what I would also say is I would ask people not to... Um, stifle the conversation for those that want to have that Mm -hmm. and not not saying that anybody in our group did that i think it was actually a very productive conversation Mm -hmm. we were all having a good back and forth yeah but but, you know i think there are a lot of people out there that because they don't understand and they don't want to invest the time they will do the stifling to support the 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 paradigm yes they they are not going to put their energy there yeah we know this paradigm or at least we think we know it Uh and so we're going to continue on i'm good with it (laughs) All right. Well, yeah, we, we've gone a little bit over our hour, about an hour and 12. So I think All we right. Let's time, wrap this time up. To wrap it up. All right. Well, that's another episode of the Collective Resistance podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Uh, as we, much as we did. As much as we did. We definitely did. So, Fabi, what do you want to tell everybody? Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. Stay healthy, stay safe, and stay curious. <laughs>